Hello and welcome back to another episode. It would not be the same if we did not have an episode entirely dedicated to our recommendations, that things that we have been loving during lockdown. And as we are all spending so much time at home, we have been engaging with and enjoying so many things. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to Millennial Matters, a weekly podcast brought to you by me, Laura Chambers, and me, Pippa Artis. Each episode will tackle a new topic that's got us talking. Everything from food and fashion through to relationships and money will take a look into millennial life from all angles. So as Pippa said in the intro, we're doing a favourites episode, which we love doing every single season. And I think it speaks to both of us that we always have so many recommendations that we have to cut them down for you. So <laughs> I think I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one, Pippa. I'm going to have some further ones, just little short snippet ones, just to kind of cram some more things in. <laughs> because I think everyone has a little bit more time at the moment so Mm -hmm. that is so true I mean normally we would try and stick to about two or three for one of these episodes each um but I actually do have a list of quite a lot and I'm gonna have to (laughs) limit myself so if you can sneak a couple in there then I'm very very impressed um let me let me kick things off very very quickly um because we have spoken a lot on this podcast about social media, the impact that has on people's mental health. We've also spoken about reality TV because, you know, secret thing that we love to binge on a little bit. Um, And so it has just meant that the conversation around those things combined has been really topical for us, in particular being millennials. I think it's had a huge influence on a lot of people. So Something that I want to recommend to people is a short film, which is called Make Me Famous. And it was created by Reggie Yates. Now I am shouting back to the 80s and 90s babies here for remembering Reggie Yates, who is such a cool guy. Uh, But since his kind of TV presenting days, he's actually gone a lot into uh, films and documentaries and uh, writing. And it's been a really interesting journey seeing him do all of these things over the years. And he's created this amazing only about an hour long short film all about the realities of life going on a tv show like love island or geordie shore or something like that and how the impact of that experience can have a knock-on effect of your life later on so for just to give you a very quick snippet because i really don't want to give too much detail away because you have to go and watch it But basically, it follows the story of one guy who is auditioning to go on a show similar to Love Island and demonstrates the experience that he has with social media and the barrage of communication once he is labeled the bad boy of the show. Now, if you've watched Love Island or anything like that, you will know full well people that come to your mind when you think of the bad boy of a series or something. We we all have been there where we've been like, oh my God, he's like the worst person. How could he do that to her? But actually, something that this documentary identifies is the idea that quite a lot of it is pushed to go in that direction. It might not actually be their true personality. They are obviously playing up to the role of the kind of bad boy character sort of thing. And actually, it's a really, really impressive interpretation of such a idolized 
thing in reality so many people now want to go on shows like this and actually this is kind of showing the darker side of it now I might not be selling it in the most positive way possible but it's done beautifully and the acting in it is really really good and Reggie Yates's writing and producing of it is so so just on the mark for what actually is a true representation of what that life is like and so if anyone's out there has ever thought oh I'd really love to go on a show like that I can become an influencer afterwards then this is kind of the more factual side of it for quite a lot of contestants not everyone but quite a lot of them so I would recommend I know you haven't watched it Laura so I would recommend you check that out no and I must admit from the title of it that would kind of put me off the whole make me famous it doesn't sound that appealing to me but actually understanding what's behind that I mean we did a whole episode about whether it was okay to still watch Love Island because we've seen what's happened to some of the contestants contestants is that the right word the participants that have gone on to that reality show and I think it's only now that we're seeing because reality TV is still a fairly new genre that there isn't that much that people can have learned from in the past mm-hmm. with social media becoming so big. I mean, obviously, back in the 2000s, you had Nasty Nick on Big Brother. And <laughs> I still remember that as him being the, the first bad boy of reality TV that I saw. And I know that that did have an impact on his life, but not in the same way that in the 2010 to 2020, it's gone to another level because you've got social media now and the fact that producers know what they need as the elements to make a show and to cast someone in that role which it sounds like you're saying happens behind the scenes and I think we all know it happens but for people to think well actually in order to do well on this show I'm going to have to play up this character Mm -hmm. to understand more about the consequences that can have I think is really important and it's something that a lot of the reality tv stars are saying people should be more aware of before they go on these shows and also more to the point the fact that the dream that they're being sold through doing this they're not quite aware of how detrimental it will actually be to their mental health afterwards because it's a show at the end of the day whether it's factual or whether it's kind of fantasy the people that are watching it are interpreting it in a way that they want to interpret it so if you're a bad guy in EastEnders or you're a bad guy in in reality TV people put the same association to that and that's really dangerous sounds like we could do a whole episode on this oh my god we could (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to go away and watch that. And what sounds quite nice about it is it's a bit bite-sized as well. It's a nice, just an hour long. Yeah, yeah. It's literally just an hour long. And uh, I watched it after my my mum surprisingly actually recommended it to me. Shout out to my mum, as always. (laughs) Your mum has some really good recommendations. She recommended The Gentleman to me and Jojo Rabbit. And I've enjoyed both of them during lockdown. So (laughs) shout out to your mum from me as well. Um. So whilst we're on the subject of documentaries, I'm going to talk about a podcast which was released back in 2018, but I think it's very, very relevant today. It's called About Race and it's hosted by Rennie Edo Lodge, 
who is a author and a journalist who, if you hadn't heard of her already, I think her book is is now back in the Amazon bestsellers. It's called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. So obviously it's very topical at the moment, but it was topical back in 2018. It's just that it didn't have the same spotlight on it as we have in the, the current political climate of, of what's going on in the world. So something that I've been doing since everything happened with George Floyd is really trying to become more educated about Black Lives Matter as a movement, systemic racism, all of these things that I've probably known were there but not known how to educate myself on them more than just knowing a basic right and wrong of something but there's so much to go into with it and I think this podcast is a really good way to get started I think just in terms of expanding your view of the world and some of the things going on and getting an understanding from different perspectives of people because I'm white my parents are middle class you know I've had quite a sheltered upbringing to certain things and so whilst I know that certain things are going on in the world I don't feel like my education at school really gave me any good grounding in it this show goes into so many different subjects they're only sort of 25 to 35 minute episodes I think there's 10 in total but The episodes range from, there's one on how the BMP managed to get seats in uh, the constituency for Barking and Dagenham, which at the time was a real shocker for people around the UK. They just couldn't believe that the BNP had got into some seats in Parliament. And it kind of dissects all of the things that led up to that, which... At the time I was kind of, I saw a news headline and that was it for me. Now it's kind of thinking about, well, if that happened then, could it happen again? And what do we need to learn from it? Uh, They talk about representation in the media, um, some of the shows that have come out over the years and and the good and the bad ones. Um, And also concepts of anti-racism, political blackness, intersectional feminism. Which, if you don't know these terms, I'll hold my hands up and say I didn't know what some of them meant. But this little podcast snippets have just given me more of a grounding in them and made me want to read further. So I just think this is a a really good way in if you're thinking, I want to do more. I want to understand more about the movement and what it means and what I can do, but without having to go and ask people um, Mm. that you shouldn't be just putting it all on. You should be trying to educate yourselves. This is a good way in for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually bought the book recently. um, And so I am, I'm going to be starting it soon, which I'm, I'm really excited about, mainly just because I think she is just incredible journalist generally rather outside of talking about black lives um but I think one of the things that a lot of people are trying to make white people in particular more aware of at the moment is about it's not enough to just say you're not a racist you have to be actively anti-racist and you have to be demonstrating that you are an ally as well I think that's going to be something that we are continuously learning but equally if you're proactively trying to move yourself in that direction to be more of a ally and be purposefully anti-racist in everything that you're doing whether that's having an uncomfortable conversation or you know calling someone out if they're doing something you don't agree with then 
that is the right a step in the right direction so I'm I'm, I'm glad you've brought that one up actually oh, good well this is where I'm gonna shoehorn a little extra one in so I'd say <laughs> if you do listen to this podcast and you want to learn more which I think you will when you listen to it as I say it's very short and there's a, a lot to cover on the subject of race uh, so I got the audiobook of Natives by Akala he's a, a social activist and he's also a creator a musician but he really puts it in plain English as to what the perspective of a a black person growing up in the UK is he's as he says mixed race and he he breaks it down to that level of actually if I go around the world then depending in which country I'm in I have different social standings because I'm either seen as black or because I'm I'm whiter of skin I am held in higher regard and people assume in some countries that I must be more wealthy and more educated and just it's all things that I've never had to think about myself so um, I found his book at times quite uncomfortable to read because he states it as fact and sometimes my brain goes well surely there must be another side to that and I know that that is just what is inherently around me and that actually sometimes you have to go no accept this be uncomfortable and sit in it and then go away and and learn more about it. So yeah, if you want to get an even broader perspective on it, then I would recommend that book as well. Uh, There are others out there, um, which I'm going to read later, but this is specifically about the UK and our politics. And I think America has its own issues and its own problems. And some of them are shared, but some of them are quite specific to us as well. And so getting that definition is quite important. Yeah, he's a an incredible speaker and really does as you say put things in very plain English and I have actually had lots of conversations recently with I know around this obviously around the the topic of Black Lives Matters and everything that is happening in America but also how it's happening equally just as much so in in England as well and it's that uncomfortableness isn't it it's actually Mm. recognizing why you're feeling that way and taking a step back and asking yourself why am I feeling that way and why would I ever not want to engage in something that was educating me on lives of other people um it's it's a really really good place to actually put yourself in uh, just in terms of maturing as an adult maturing as a person you know making yourself more aware of the fact that actually not everything in your life has to be comfortable and being able to sit with that emotion and yeah I think that he is really good and making you ask yourself that. So I am actually going to move on to another podcast here. And actually, I'm realizing that this might not necessarily sound like the most positive podcast in the world, but I guarantee that you won't regret listening to it. So it is actually an episode that I'm going to specifically talk about here of How to Fail. I'm sure lots and lots of people know the How to Fail podcast with Elizabeth Day. She is a uh, author and journalist, and she's written some amazing pieces in the past, in particular around um, miscarriages, not being able to conceive and uh, and grief generally. So she brought on a, a psychotherapist called Julia Samuel recently, and she's one of the kind of country's leading psychotherapists. Her first book was called Grief Works, which was a Sunday Times bestseller, and she's written loads and loads of things. Um, she's been an, an amazing kind of journalist on the side of being a psychotherapist, but she's also got another book called This Too Shall Pass. It's basically a discussion around her life generally and how she got into the role that she does. Uh, but also it's talking about grief in particular around child death 
and that obviously sounds like a very very tough conversation to have but she does a lot of work in that area but one of the things I really loved about this is the fact that she has worked as a psychotherapist for around 30 years but this was a really beautiful discussion around the person behind the psychotherapy as well and I think from being someone who has had lots of therapy over the years I'm sure a lot of people would agree that actually it's very difficult for you to see past the person that is engaging with you in that moment psychotherapists are people too and they have their own difficulties and they have their own anxieties and they will have had issues with you know their upbringing or something like that and actually this was a really raw conversation about comparison and self-doubt and and finding your route into something you're passionate about. And actually, finding a route into psychotherapy isn't something that a lot of people would probably go down. They'd be like, oh, you know, I've got my own anxieties, my own worries. I'm not going to go into that. But actually, it was a really great conversation around not only her original years of going into that career path, but also all the things that she's done over the years with people who are grieving. She put the whole conversation is such a lovely way where she was really vulnerable. And that's what I particularly enjoyed. I I don't know, I've always said it, I, I really enjoy spending time with people who are demonstrating vulnerability. I know that sounds like a really weird thing to say, but I just feel such a greater sense of connection. And what I love about podcasts in particular is when you do feel that sense of connection with people that are talking and you mm. can really resonate with some of the stuff they're talking about. So even though, yes, it's, it's a kind of a whirlwind conversation of a lot of things going on, um, I would really recommend you listen to that one. So that's How to Fail with Elizabeth Day with a guest, Julia Samuel, on that. I love that podcast so much. It just released the final episode of the season this week and I was just like no you have been seeing me through this lockdown period so I'm quite gutted I I've listened to that episode and I think what I would say on it is that it does go into the specifics of grief about losing someone but when I was listening to that I was in quite a kind of fragile state and actually I took a lot from it as well because you can think about grief in different ways whether it's losing someone or losing something even and all all these kind of different dynamics I think she had so many little anecdotes in there that I could relate to yeah yeah okay you actually messaged me and said you need to listen to this episode and I just finished it yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's so weird the way things like that happen I always say things to you and you're like seen it listen to it (laughs) well that's because you recommended it to me I think on one of our very very early seasonal favorites you'd recommended it and it took me about half a year to actually get onto it and then it was okay I'm at a point where I finished all of my podcasts completed it mate what do I do now (laughs) and so I went back through your recommendations because I had a spot and now it's the one that torpedoes all the others. If I look in the morning and that one's on, then I always go for that one first. Yeah, me too. Same. <laughs> so I'm, I'm staying on the podcast route. But, okay. But I'm taking it to a calm level now. So this is the podcast that has got me through lockdown in terms of when I just need some moments of calm and some something just really lovely and soothing. So this podcast is called This is love. It's narrated and uh, co-created by someone called Phoebe Judge. She does another series called Criminal, 
and she has the most relaxing, soothing voice that you could find. She also does another podcast, like I say, I'm cramming in these little ones, which is called Phoebe Reads a Mystery, which she started doing throughout lockdown, where she just takes a chapter of a classic book every day and, and reads it to you. And her voice just takes me to a different plane. I've been, when I put on a face mask and I have a bit of self-care time, then I listen to a Phoebe Judge podcast. But my absolute favourite is This Is Love. It's got four seasons, so there are plenty to binge. And again, they're quite short episodes. Some of them are about 25 to 35 minutes long. But it started off, the first season was more about relationships with people. And it's not sickly sweet. This is going into just the most sometimes basic but sometimes really original stories are love stories but they're not always completely conventional and they're told from the perspectives of the people who've who've just lived their lives basically so it's very real and got a lovely little soundtrack to it as well as it goes along it's like a little story unfolding each week my absolute favorite episodes have been the episodes with animals and the last <laughs> season season four has focused on animals so i've pulled out three of my top episodes that I would recommend that you listen to. So the first one is episode 20, which is about Roselle and Michael. Now this one almost makes me tear up just describing it, so sorry. Um, Michael is blind and he was working on the 78th floor of the World Trade Centre in the North Tower on the day of the terrorist attacks on 9-11 with his guide dog, Roselle, and it's the story of what happened to them on that day. It is such a moving thing to listen to. I I can't put it into words. Like I say, it gets a lump in my throat just, just talking about it. It's just such a beautiful story to listen to, and it's not focused on the grief side of it. It's focused on the fact that Roselle, as his guide dog, was trained for this kind of situation, and that he put all his trust in that guide dog to help him get down from the 78th floor and all the of the people that they managed to help on that day and just the little personal touches to the story it's just something to listen to and just you know just sit in for a little bit there's such individual stories I mean the other two I'll point out so uh, episode 21 there was just a little run of episodes that I absolutely loved and have gone back and re-listened to is called Antelope Island so completely different from the last story, this is the story of how one man on his dating profile happened to mention the fact that he'd survived an attack by a bison, which he thought would be a very interesting way of kind of getting people to click on his profile and make contact with him. So he ends up dating a woman who, like him, loves to run, and he was attacked on antelope island whilst he was out on a running hiking session uh, because on antelope island they describe all of the kind of ecology of it but it's an island where bison live and so so he was running and this bison attacked him and then there's a twist to the story which I'm not going to reveal but it talks about how they got together they dated her encouraging him to go back to the island and not be scared of it anymore and what then happened 
And it's such a unique story. I'm not going to give it away. It's just <laughs> a, a beautiful little listen to. And then the final episode, I would say, is episode two, all the way back to season one, episode two, called Something Large and Wild. And that's about a swimmer who is just going for her, her daily little swim in the ocean and she feels like something is shadowing her, uh, which turns out to be a baby whale. Yeah, and it's the story of what happens next and her attempting to help this baby whale to not get beached and to find its way back to its mother. The way they tell these stories is just so beautiful. I can't think of a better word for it. So yes, if you want something to just relax you, take you outside of lockdown and just to different worlds and different places, then I really recommend This Is Love. It's really heartwarming. I really like the sound of that, especially the last episode. I'm actually going to go on a drive today because I need to go and pick some stuff up. And I can see that they're only like 23 odd minutes long. So I'm actually going to listen to that um, on my drive today and try and, you know, relax me. Because it's safe to say leaving the house during lockdown is a little bit of a stressful encounter. Um, But actually on the theme of kind of taking you away from the realities of lockdown at the moment, I'm actually going to recommend an Instagrammer, which maybe sounds like a bit of a weird thing to do because obviously they are a real person but I have been loving a Instagrammer and YouTuber called Janae Brown. Now she is basically a ray of sunshine. She is such a positive person on the internet and I really really enjoy following all of the stuff that she puts out there. So just to give you a snippet of the kind of stuff that she puts out her bio literally says here to encourage you to live your best life through a happy home and a healthy mind. And then she's put in caps locks, you're capable. (laughs) She basically posts, she's not kind of, you know, like hippie. I think you might probably take from that that she's, you know, a bit of a hippie or something like that. But no, she posts things about how to keep your plants alive. She posts things about plus size fashion and wearing floral dresses and not giving a fuck about what people say about how you look or what you wear. She posts about art and interiors and just living a bit of a kind of boho life, being a plant lover, like loving animals, but also she has a real side to it. So her Instagram is really beautiful and just so aesthetically pleasing. But then also on her YouTube channel, she talks about real life. She talks about things that are massively of interest to so many people of our kind of generation. Examples of that would be, you know, moving from an area where maybe you weren't super comfortable to a completely different place, how to actually find somewhere to move, how to know live with a roommate and she jokes quite a lot about um how she just takes over with interiors stuff and her housemates are just like okay whatever kind of thing I couldn't actually put it better than just saying that she's a ray of sunshine and she is so positive I really thoroughly recommend that everyone just goes and gives her a follow because I think you're probably just going to come out of that experience of following her just feeling a little bit lighter a little bit freer and just maybe a little bit more confident about yourself actually Oh, I love that. What's her Instagram handle? So her handle is Janae Daily. So I'll I'll put the link down below because it's not spelt the same as her name. At the moment, my main thing is just following positivity. That's all I want. (laughs) So finally, so we've gone through podcasts, we've gone through Instagram, we've gone through books, and we've gone through documentaries. I'm going to talk about some TV shows. So I'm going to go with two runners up, which I'm not going to talk about in any detail. You just need to go watch them. So Two shows that I just want to highlight to you. The Umbrella Academy. Season one came out 
probably, I think, half a year ago or a year, maybe. Season two is coming out on, I think, the 31st of July. I'm a complete latecomer to it. It's based on a comic book series, but just go and watch it. It's just really good, entertaining fun. If you like superheroes and that kind of thing, but with a little bit of a dark twist to it, then this is going to be right up your street. The second one I'm going to say, that was on Netflix, by the way. Another one on Netflix, which is my little guilty pleasure. It's a little trip down memory lane, is The Babysitter's Club. And I tweeted about this and so many people came back and said, oh my God, I need to go and watch this. I did not know that this existed. So if, like me, you read The Babysitter's Club growing up, I don't know if there was actually a, a TV show of it prior, but this is a, a TV remake, so it's reinvented for modern times, but they've kept an awful lot of the nostalgia in there. That When I say that they've updated it, they've updated it because they now have mobile phones. They're now living in 2020, but all of the core things that you would have loved reading these books as a child is still in there. They've just made it current. And I think it's one of those shows where, like I say, it's my little guilty pleasure because I'm, I'm not 12 anymore, but I can still get enjoyment from just watching something as pure escapism that's non-problematic in any way. But also it's the sort of thing that I hope that little girls do watch because it, it does attempt to cover some really quite serious themes in it. It just takes it all so naturally. I mean, one of the children that one of them babysits for identifies as a girl but was born as a boy. It's just so naturally done that she accepts it and she goes and tells the people at the hospital when a, a certain event happens, please can you not bring her blue robes? She wants pink robes. And please can you call her she? And it's just so well done, just very subtly but I just think it's the sort of thing that I hope does help young children to just accept things without any kind of judgment or going, well, hold on a minute, my mum says this about it, or my dad says this, or so-and-so says this. Yeah, so I really recommend that one. But the one that I am just going to recommend very strongly is on BBC iPlayer. It's called I May Destroy You. I don't know. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I will disclaim that I am not all of the way through it, but I cannot not mention this one because I'm on episode four at the minute and it is just groundbreaking to me. It is so different to anything that I've watched. Now, as a trigger warning, Michaela actually wrote this after her own experience of a sexual assault, but I've had a look at the descriptions that have come out about it. They say, this is a show about sexual assault. It is about that, but it's about so many other things as well. That is something that happens in the first episode. The way they actually tell the story of what happened to her and how she comes to the realisation because she she is um, drugged, basically. It's a case where she has flashbacks and the conversations that she has as she's having these flashbacks, the realisations of what's happened to her, they all feature in episode one, but then it's kind of the spectre throughout the rest of the series. So there's other storylines going on, but obviously at the backdrop, of it there's this experience that she's had and how that's affecting her but there's so many other things to it as well I mean it, it's just showing you the realities of nights out with your friends the conversations you have some of the dynamics you have with different people like other shows haven't really done that there are some quite shocking moments in it I would say but not shocking 
because they are bad, shocking just because they've not been seen before. So all I will say is period blood clot. <laughs> well, I I actually knew already about this because there's been adverts everywhere. But I did think that it was a lot more focused entirely about kind of sexual abuse. But I, the first kind of snippet, the trailer for it does imply that something big has happened. But then it's like the knock on effect that it has. But I guess even if it's slightly surreal, quite a lot of the things that they're talking about, it is going to be a true representation of the fact that if something like that happens to you, it does impact you in so many different ways throughout your life. Like I say, I haven't watched all of them, but the background is the sexual assault, but it's showing her trying to get on with life. And I think a lot of the times with shows I've seen before, they're so centred on the fact that someone is so damaged and affected by it and it's following them through the trial and having interactions with people about the assault. This has scenes about the sexual assault, and then it has scenes where she's just talking with her friends, or she's going to speak to people about the book that she's writing. And some of the time, she's having flashbacks during that. So you can tell that there's a traumatic experience still within her. But at the same time, it's showing her just going through daily life. And some of it is covering things like the fact that she's just trying to get on with it and struggling a bit with it. But there's humour in it as well. She's not just some completely damaged woman crying in a corner. She's trying to take power back from it. That's only up to episode four. So as I say, there there is way to go and I don't know how it's going to unfold. But I just think, like I say, it's, it's groundbreaking in the fact that I've not seen this subject matter portrayed in this way. And also I've not seen just the way people are in their 20s trying to get on with modern life. I mean, she is writing a book based on the fact that she had put out a series of tweets and become quite prolific and they'd been turned into a book. So it's very, very modern in terms of how she's made her career and now the pressure of having a second book but during the process of having this second book and her procrastinating through it which again is something that we've all done when you go yeah yeah I'm on a deadline um I'll get that done and then you see her just getting a a text saying are you going to come out with us Mm, maybe for an hour so there's all these little snippets of very real things going on outside of the the event that takes place and then how it all sort of feeds in together so yeah yeah Yeah, I I think probably the trailer isn't giving you the right perspective of it. But but I would say it's very much worth a watch. I definitely want to watch that. And also, um, I don't think it's that many episodes, is it? I think there's 10, but again... 10, that's manageable. I'm okay with that. They're not (laughs) hour-long episodes. I think they're about 35 minutes. I love that. Okay, I am going to give that a watch. Um, We said we would do a kind of short and sweet episode on our recommendations. So there you go. We have done that for you. So thank you so much for listening. Um, We will put all of the recommendations down in the show notes, but we would love for you to go and check those things out. And if you've got any recommendations for us of what we should watch next, then please... Feel free to tweet us at the MMPod. You can email us, themmpod at gmail.com. And we're also on Instagram now as well, so please do interact with us there, the Millennial Matters Podcast. Thanks for listening. 